0: Hello everyone, this is Pastor John here at Liberty Church of Cosby and this is our audio worship service for Sunday, March 22nd, 2020.
1: Come let us adore Him, behold King, nothing can compare, come let us adore Him.
0: Because our church services and activities have been suspended for the coronavirus lockdown and social distancing, we want to have an audio service together instead online, and we hope that we can meet together in a sense, and the service will have pretty much this morning everything that we normally have, announcements, scripture reading, music, message, and prayer. For our announcements this morning, we really don't have any announcements. our services are suspended our activities are suspended and my hope is that we won't have to wait too long. We have blocked out some time where we have shut down for a while even though behind the scenes we want to be active and still interested in what's going on with you and your life we want to be in touch with you we want you to be in touch with us and if there's anything we can do for you if there's anything we can get for you if you if especially for our older folks if we need to get something for you, please call me anytime. I'm gonna ask Dave Ford to come and read our scripture for this morning, Matthew 14, 22 through 33.
2: Good morning. This morning our scripture reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter fourteen, verses twenty two through thirty three. Immediately walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him there, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. May God bless this reading of his word today.
0: Our message this morning is taken from Matthew 14, 22-33. This is right after he fed the 5,000 with the bread and the fish. Uh, this is a miracle that's recorded in all four Gospels, uh, and it's a huge event and now this is done, people are being sent away, and he sends the disciples away while he goes up on a mountain to pray. And the scripture goes on to say in verse 23, Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat that the disciples were in was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. So now they find themselves in a storm. And I view this story as kind of a, a dream state almost. During the day they've had their normal day, which was ministering to the people around them. It was abnormal in that one of the biggest miracles in human history had taken place. But now they've been sent out on this boat and I see fog around the edges of this story. It's it's almost a dream state, but it is one of the most famous stories in scripture about the storm when Jesus came to them walking on the water. And they're in this boat and the Bible says that they're in the middle of the sea They're tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. So they're in a storm. They're under threat. They're afraid. And now they see something that they didn't expect, the presence of God. And for some reason, they they cried out that it was a ghost. But... Jesus spoke to them saying be of good cheer it is I do not be afraid and Peter answered him and but Peter answered him and said lord if it is you command me to come to you on the water so he said come and when we and when and when Peter had come down out of the boat which is a, an amazing act of courage it's an amazing act of faith and notice nobody else is getting out of the boat with him he walked on the water to Jesus But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? This is a bit of a rebuke, but I don't think it's too harsh. I think Jesus is genuinely amazed when he sees a lack of faith in any of us. And so he says, why? Why would you doubt? Because he knows who he is and yet it is not clear to us sometimes. And I think he genuinely wonders about that. And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshiped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. I just want to mention out of this text the theological meaning, a devotional meaning, a personal meaning, and then bread on the other side. What is this story about? Well. The theological meaning of this story is that we, because we see Jesus walking on the water in command of creation, we should realize that he is the Son of God. That was the point. The disciples at the end of the story say, truly, you are the Son of God. They saw that Jesus is a divine figure. They saw that he is from God. And they, this, is a, this is a reference to his deity. Not only is he the son of God, but I think we can see in this that Jesus is master of creation. Christianity sees both the physical realm and the spiritual realm under the control of Jesus Christ. These are not just spiritual stories to help us out spiritually. This is a declaration that Jesus is in control of the physical universe just as much as he is in control of the spiritual. Paul says in Colossians 1.15, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. He has preeminence over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, the spiritual realm, the earthly realm, visible and invisible. He is the master of creation. And so when we see him walking on the water... He is an interesting presence. He's untroubled by our environment. He's unfazed by the storm that's lashing around him. He's in control, and he's beyond the reach of the storm. The storm has no way of bringing him down, and he cares. He said to them, It is I. Do not be afraid. So he's the Son of God, the Master of creation, coming close, and he cares. The devotional meaning is that his presence is in the storm. In fact, it is oftentimes in the storms that he's approaching us. One translation says that the boat was tossed with the waves. I think that's a little mild. Uh, Another word for that, even from the original language, is that it was battered or tormented or harassed. Their boat was tormented, battered, and harassed. That's not a bad description of how we might even be feeling through this new age, this new day in which we live of pandemics. Your soul, I don't know about you, can feel a little battered. The stress of what's going on can get to you. You can feel harassed by the scary news. You can be tormented even by the stories that you might hear. And I think we're going to hear more difficult things in the near future. There's a lot of positive hope out there, but I think in the near future, we're going to see and hear things that will harass us, and those waves will wash up against us because it's contrary to us. In other words, things just right now aren't going our way. The temptation is to think that God might not just be there. Richard Dawkins has a famous quote. He's a famous atheist. He said, In a universe of electrons and selfish genes, blind physical forces, and genetic replication, which is what corona is all about, some people are going to get hurt, he says. Other people are going to get lucky, and you won't find any rhyme or reason in it, nor any justice. The universe that we observe has precisely the properties we should expect if there is at bottom no design, no purpose, no evil, no good, nothing but pitiless, indifference. But that's not what Matthew says. That's not what John says. So when I weigh Matthew, I weigh John, I put, him up, put these two guys up against Richard Dawkins, I'm going with Matthew and John. In fact, John tells us at the very beginning of the book that we've been going through for the last couple of years, verse by verse, he says, in the beginning was the Word. Now that word is logos, we we have uh, in a, uh, we, we often say, well that's the root idea for logic. Richard Dawkins is saying there's no logic to the suffering that we see in the world, but John says, in the beginning was the word, in the beginning was the logos, in the beginning was a kind of logic. One way to get at the idea of the word logos is that it is the communication of God, it is God expressing himself, it is the logic of God or the purpose. Uh, even the explanation is in the person of Christ, that Christ really is the explanation for all things. Romans 11:36 says, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. The idea of of him means creation. Through him means current sustaining of our lives and the creation. And to him means the purpose of, of all things. So what Matthew is saying here, contrary to the atheist impulse, is that there is a logic in the storm. And when we look only at the waves and the wind and the lightning and the battering and the harassing and the torment and the fear, we can't get our eyes off the logic. We may not see the logic or the purpose or the explanation for the storm, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. Just because I can't see it doesn't mean it's absent. And I think that all the gravitational lines of existence bend and curve around and back toward Christ because he is the the Logos, the center and purpose of all things. And what's beautiful is that he comes to you in the storm if you have eyes to see. Instead of Richard Dawkins, I prefer the statement by William Cooper, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform he plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. Deep in unfathomable minds of never-failing skill, he treasures up his bright designs and works his sovereign will. Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace. Behind a frowning providence, He hides a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan His work in vain. God is His own interpreter, and He will make it plain. So we've moved from the theological meaning, that he's the Son of God, to the devotional meaning, that there's a reason behind the storm, there's a logic to everything that we're going through, to the personal meaning, which brings us to Peter. I love Peter. His first impulse is to always leave the boat and get to Christ. We see that here in Matthew 14. After the resurrection, when Jesus stood on the shore and they realized that it was Christ standing there, first thing Peter jumps out of the boat, splashes into the water, and swims to shore. He has an impulse towards Christ. And this is what I want to encourage all of us to have, to trust Christ, to see Christ, to understand who He is and how important He is, that He is truly the Son of God coming to us on the storm. And our response is not to stay in the boat and hide and find security in everything that we've always known or revert to automatically but to get out of the boat, to go to Christ. And yes, we may look at the waves, we may see the lightning, and we may sink. But Peter was wise. He said, Lord, save me. And the Lord grasped his hand and took him back to the boat. And immediately they are at shore. This story is sandwiched, ironically enough, between two stories about bread. Jesus feeds the 5,000. He sends his disciples out into the boat knowing that they're going to go into a storm knowing that he's going to meet them there but then the next day the crowds the crowds don't know where jesus is so they they go around they get in boats they try to find him they say to him rabbi when did you come here jesus answered them truly truly i say to you you are seeking me not because you saw signs but because you ate your fill of the loaves do not labor for the food that perishes but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. We humans will scramble and fight and hoard and do anything we can to eat to get the bread, the cereal, the macaroni and cheese, the peanut butter, the powdered peanut butter that Ruth got after me for ordering as a survival mechanism. She says nobody likes powdered peanut butter, but you never know if you're going to need it. But we will try to get the food that perishes. And and I understand that. I ate my bowl of cereal this morning. It was flakes with uh, dried out out strawberries in it with milk. And this morning, I was very thankful to have food in this day. But Jesus is saying, we can't afford to simply labor for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. In fact, he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take, eat in remembrance of me. His body is the bread that he's given for us. We take this in by faith. We receive his life because of what he did on the cross, the burial, and the resurrection. I'm going to ask Tom Black to lead us in prayer. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come to
3: you this morning as your people, first of all and foremost, to offer you our praise and worship and adoration for who you are, the eternal creator of the universe, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us never forget that you are the sovereign God and that you are in control of everything that happens within your universe. We thank you, Father, that we can rely on your goodness and your grace and your love no matter what is going on around us. We confess, Father, before you this morning, that sometimes we are faint of heart, we are little of faith, and at times like this, it is hard for us to see beyond the circumstances and the situations to realize that you, in fact, are still in control. And we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that you have, through Jesus Christ, conquered the worst thing that could possibly happen to us. And in the midst of what we go through, we pray that you would give us the same sense as the writer of Psalm 46, that you are our refuge and strength and ever-present help and trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, that you, the Lord Almighty, is with us. You, the God of Jacob, is our fortress. We lift up before you this morning, Father, those among our family at Liberty Church who are undergoing situations of their own, perhaps physical, perhaps emotional, perhaps financial, perhaps spiritual. And we pray, Father, that they would find in you, in the midst of their situations and in the midst of this crisis the peace that you give that passes all understanding, the peace that you give that the world can't take away that comes to us through Jesus Christ. we pray, Father, that you would enable us to use this situation to prove to the world that you are our strength and our hope. We pray that you would enable us to look beyond our own petty concerns and fears and doubt to see others in need and to extend through us the hand of Christ in their situation. We thank you, Father, again, that you are the sovereign God. You are the sovereign God who sent your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die on our behalf so that we might face whatever this world throws at us. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. This next song by Hannah Ford is perfect with today's message.
1: Be still, my soul, the Lord is on thy side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to thy God to order and provide in every chain. thy heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to a joyful end be still my soul thy God doth undertake to guide the future His voice who ruled them while he dwelt in you. Three stores.